And the thing is, after all these years, I still look back with wonder. Hey there, Wonderlings! Angela Bowen here, the host of Looking Back on My Wonder Years, a Wonder Years podcast. How's everyone doing today? I hope you're... Mornings as bright and shun- sunshiny as mine. <laughs> I guess the sun is out. Don't know for how long. Yesterday was a very nice day. It was one of those days that you dream about where the weather is not too hot, not too cold. And it was even like that when I got out of my job late in the evening. So, yeah. But... I'm not talking about the weather today. I am talking about season six, episode six. Oh, wow. White Lies, which aired on October 28th, 1992. I would have been, have been 10 for two months by that time. (laughs) So this is the IMDb description. When Kevin's parents go away on a trip, he decides to invite Winnie over for a and this is in quotations, night of studying. After he and Winnie inadvertently fall asleep on the couch, Kevin tries to impress the guys in the locker room by implying to them that he and Winnie did more than just sleep together. Like, they did more than just fall asleep on the couch. Like, Kevin, see, this is what's gonna blow up in your face. This episode actually has a wow. It has an 8.4 out of 10. This it was had to have been a scandalous, juicy, steamy episode. Because this is still early on in season 6. And they wanted to create a little more strife. Kevin and Winnie can't be happy for too long. They gotta, you know, the writers gotta throw in a... Something, a wrench in their relationship to kind of mix things up again. It's like... They, that's the thing with Kevin and Winnie, if they're have if they're dating, which they were dating in what season four. Cause let me let me double check, guys. I want to go back for a second. Let me go back in the episode, which I'm gonna call it here and see. Okay, so okay, they did not date in season three. Gotcha. They would have started dating... Wait a dang second here. Goodbye. Night out. My head is in my butt. My head is in my butt, guys. Um, yes, they did start dating. (laughs) Yes, they started dating in... I'm gonna call it. At the very end of the St. Valentine's Day Massacre, when they held hands and carried, he carried her books and everything. That is when it happened. Why do I keep assuming that they started dating in season four? No. They started dating halfway through season three. And then they would have broken up... She would have broken up with him almost at the halfway point of season four. So, if you combine half of season four and half of season three, they were together for technically a season. 
about. So, wow. And it just seems like they're happy for a short amount of time. Like, they have the ups and downs of... Every relationship does have the ups and downs. So, okay, what was I saying? Okay, this episode is directed by Peter Baldwin. Did he direct any other episodes of The Wonder Years? This guy's been doing stuff. Oh, he doesn't do anything... Last thing he directed was even Stevens. Sister, sister, really? Okay, cool. Ten episodes of The Wonder Years. Really? Season two. Our Miss White just between me and you and Kirk and blah, 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 blah. Season three. Odd Man Out. She, my friend, and I. Coco and Sympathy. Season four. The Ties That Bind. So that's the Thanksgiving episode. Season five. Double, double date and the wedding. And White Lies, and he'll be directing, ladies and gentlemen, The Rolling Stones. Is this, this guy's still alive, right? Oh, oh, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, guys, this man passed away last November. R.I.P. Peter Baldwin, I'm sorry, I didn't know. Writers, we got Neil Marlins and Carol Black, they're the creators. John Harmon Feldman. And in relation to Corey Feldman. Oh my gosh! This guy was a co-executor producer, co-executive producer on American Dreams for I think a season. Wow. Okay, he directed thir- co-produced. My basically it's all season a lot of season six. Alright, gotcha. Well, good for them. Is this man still alive? It, it looks like it doesn't say that he's not. Robin Riordan. Any relation to Rick? Oh, this poor lady. Oh my goodness. This poor lady passed away. This might be a lady. It could be a guy, though. Passed away at 38. Oh, that's so sad. This person's written on Kim Possible. Um, and four episodes of The Wonder Years. All season six, White Lies, The Test, Alice in Autoland, and Reunion. Oh my goodness. Another R.I.P. R.I.P. Robin. That's sad. Okay. Enough with R.I.P. Okay, let's go to the connections. I want to see this. The Big Sleep. Kevin and Winnie watch this film on TV. What is The Big Sleep about? Private Detective Philip Marlowe. Oh, dang it. My timer. Private Detective Philip Marlowe is hired by a rich family before the complex case is over. He's seen murder. He's seen blackmail. And what might be love? Yeah, that sounds like a great movie that teenagers would want to see. Whew. It's kind of oh, 8.0 on IMDb. Oh, parents guide. Kevin and Winnie fall asleep together on the couch. Content rating sex and there is no sex. There is no nudity. This should not even be here. They were not naked. They didn't have their clothes off. They weren't having sex of any kind. They fell asleep side by side. Like, basically, they were both leaning, like, laying back against the couch. Oh, there's my lunch. I'll be back. Eh, shit. 
Alright, for the trivia, in the scene early in the episode where Kevin approaches Winnie at her locker, she leaves her locker without closing it, but somehow it's closed. Interesting. A ghost closed it. Soundtracks. Wake Up Little Susie, performed by the Everly Brothers. Oh, I can hear the song in my mind now. Wake up, little Susie, wake up. Yep, I've heard it. I got it. Um, as far as that, that's pretty much it for that part on IMDb. Let's jump to the booklet and see what the booklet's got to say. Alright, the booklet pretty much just says... After an innocent mistake, Kevin leads everyone to believe that he and Winnie spent the night together. Um, okay. You know what? There's a mistake and there's a choice. Kevin, you had every possible way to rectify that. You could have kept your damn mouth shut. Or you could have said, what I mean is we just fell asleep on the couch together. Of course, he's in the locker room. Hormones are raging. You know, guys like to, you know, talk the big talk. And he's not thinking, oh, this is my girlfriend. This could get back to her. And this could hurt her reputation. You know, they're they're teenagers, you know? They haven't developed that part of reasoning in their brains yet, so... But that doesn't excuse that at all. But, alright, before we fully jump into the episode, let's start off with a quote. Alright. Narrator, Adult Kevin. They say you can live a lifetime and never find love. So I guess I was lucky. Because true love crossed my path the first time I met the girl next door. Winnie Cooper. Winnie and I had been together longer than any couple I knew. Still, history only goes so far. Kind of like Winnie. Unfortunately, the mathematics of the situation were open to interpretation. To me, they led forward to that great unknown. But to Winnie, they led back. See? The great thing about us was that we had this past together. The bad thing about us was that we had this past together. Not that I minded being part of Winnie's past. It's just, when it came to who I was, she seemed to regard me as a known quantity. I love how he says, you know, we've been together longer than most couples. Well, if you don't count the times that you were breaking, broken up and the times that you weren't actually a couple, I'd say it's average. You can't count when you were like six years old, Kevin. That does not count. And the same thing goes for Cory and Topanga in Boy Meets World. I mean, he comes back to, oh yeah, I win. we've been dating since we were like two. No, you haven't. The first time you kissed... That doesn't count either, that you've been a couple. The moment that you solidify and become a couple and make it official is when you become a couple. Jeremy and I met in 2002, and then we started dating in 2003. Doesn't mean I count 2002. It means I count from the time that we said we started dating. Yeah. 
So when people ask me, how long have you been together? I'll count from 2003. But it's, they say, how long have you been married? I'll say, well, we've been together for 11 years. We've been married for 11 years, but we've been married. <laughs> we've been together for, in November, it'll be 15 years. So, yeah. So we open up the episode. Um, is this another cold open? Because I thought for a minute that we kind of got rid of that whole thing, but I don't know. We open up the episode, and Kevin and Winnie are in their usual spot, you know, at lookout point or makeout point. Basically, the place you go to make out with your, or have sex with your significant other. They say you can live a lifetime and never find love. So I guess I was lucky. Because true love crossed my path the first time I met the girl next door. Winnie Cooper. Kevin, wait. What's wrong? Isn't it kind of hot in here? Feels fine to me. Winnie and I had been together longer than any couple I knew. Still, history only goes so far. Kevin? Kind of like Winnie. What's the problem? It's just that... If we don't stop now, I'm afraid I'm not going to be able to later. Well, that's okay, isn't it? I mean, we love each other. Of course we do. And we've been going together for what? Six years now? Six and a half. Unfortunately, the mathematics of the situation were open to interpretation. To me, they led forward to that great unknown. But to Winnie, they led... Do you remember when we used to ride our bikes up here when we were kids? back. We did? Yeah, before they built it all up. Now there are the lights down there, but it used to be all dark. Oh, yeah. See, the great thing about us was that we had this past together. When we went down the hill, we didn't even pedal, we would just glide. The bad thing about us was that we had this past together. You know, when you just change the subject, Not that I minded being part of Winnie's past. It's just, when it came to who I was, she seemed to regard me as a known quantity. So, Kevin and Winnie are in the car. They're making out heavily, I mean, from the heavy breathing and everything like that. I mean, you can tell what's going on. Windows are clearly up. Winnie kind of breaks away for a moment, like, moment, like hey, is that a warm in here? And Kevin's like, oh, it feels fine to me. It's like, yeah, he is ready to go. And it's like, okay, you might want to crack the window open because I think you're losing a little bit of oxygen. But there, um, Winnie keeps kind of breaking away from Kevin. She keeps saying, like, oh, if we don't stop now, I'm afraid I'm not going to later. It's like, guys, you need to stop. Seriously. And they're making out in the front seat. How uncomfortable is that? I mean, you got the steering wheel there and everything, and it's just like, no, if you want more room, and I mean, it's not going to be a whole lot more room. I mean, seriously, how much comfortable is even the backseat? But anyway, um, Winnie keeps kind of breaking away, like, hey, remember when we used to ride our bikes up here? And she's kind of like putting, not fully intentionally putting the brakes on Kevin, 
But she's like, oh, remember when we used to ride our bikes up here? And Kevin kind of looks out, because it's like pitch black out there, except for the lights that are down below, because they're kind of on a hilltop there. Or over overlooking, you know, all the homes down there with the lights on. And Kevin kind of looks out, and he's like, uh, we did? She's like, yeah. And then they're still kissing and everything. And, um... They bring up, like, or Kevin brings up the fact, like, oh, we, how long have we been going together? Like, six years? And she kisses him. She's like, more like six and a half. I'm like, guys! You know what? Whatever. You guys, you know your history. Just whatever. I'm not gonna shred it to pieces because I want accuracy. But clearly, Winnie just keeps breaking away and, like, wants to, like, talk about their past. Like, remember when we did this? Oh my gosh. And remember when we did this? Oh, we didn't even pedal down this hill. We we just glided. And Kevin's kind of sitting back like, ugh. Yeah, she's kind of giving him blue balls there. <laughs> but it's just as well. It's like, guys, you need to, like, pump the brakes here. Because things are going to happen and there's going to be lead to something that you don't want when you're 16 or 17 years old. And I love how, I mean, like I've said, the narration is coming from Kevin 20 years in the future. So if Kevin's 17 then, then he's got to be 37. And he's talking about true love happened when he first met Winnie. And it's like, yeah, but what about your wife? You know, the mother of your, supposedly he's got two sons. From Remember that episode, um... Separate rooms, I think it was. Was it season four? Where he and Wayne were fighting over Karen's bedroom. And at the very end, um, Wayne takes the the room. And both of them are kind of in the on opposite sides you know, of the closet. And they're kind of like tapping on it and everything. And he's, Kevin's kind of, adult Kevin's saying like, my two sons watching them sleep and everything and hoping that they'll do stuff like me and my brother used to do. So he, excuse me, he's got at least two sons that we know of. But I'm just thinking, it's like, but what about the mother of your children? What, I mean, you clearly fell in love with her, but maybe that love is isn't as strong as, you know, what he had for Winnie's got to be completely separate from that. But we hear a whistle blow, it's PE gym class, and the boys are playing floor hockey? <clears throat> now, I remember in high school playing floor hockey. I think, uh, gosh, I can't even remember what year it was. Was it sophomore, junior year, whatever? But my cousin, um, one of my cousins was in my class, and some dumb dumb was like, "Oh, you're just good, whatever." By your or your sister, and I'm thinking, "He's my cousin, you moron. He's not my brother. We don't look anything alike." But I usually hung back. I really did not like PE at all. I definitely did not like where you had to mix with the other kids for sports, but. For whatever, with floor hockey, I was actually aggressive. But we didn't have, like, those hockey sticks that they're using. Ours were pretty much, well, they're kind of somewhat like that, but... Because we weren't hitting a hockey puck. It was more like a round styrofoam styrofoam um, puck thing. Or no... 
No, it was no. The hockey stick on the end of it was styrofoam. Okay, yeah. I just remember being so aggressive with it and just checking, you know, people and everything. But I never scored a goal. But I just I don't know what it was. Like maybe I thought it was a mighty duck or something. Like, cause my my cousin, my younger cousins and I, um, when I got roller when we got rollerblades and stuff, um. We had, like, roller hockey, like, the sticks, like, just for, for fun or whatever. But then i take my dad's, um, because he would chew tobacco. And the little canister was the exact shape and size of a hockey puck, so we used that. Someone flat out, like, trips. Kevin, like, goes flying over this guy's hockey stick. <laughs> what is it? That would be a penalty, right? For Well, if he had the puck, it would be a penalty if somebody deliberately tripped him. But I think he just... These guys don't know what the hell they're doing. They really, really don't. This is no different. Watching these guys all... They're practically in a circle trying to get at this puck and they're really not moving away from each other. It makes me think of... Um... Like... What do they call it? Like, swarm ball? When you have, like three and four year olds trying to play soccer where they're all pretty much hovering around the ball nobody's trying to take it and actually make a goal yeah that's what these guys are doing and they're like 17 year old junior uh, 11th graders yeah the fundamentals well wouldn't hockey have been airing in 72 I mean clearly they know what hockey is because they're playing it See, guys, I don't know my hockey history. Jeremy would know more about that kind of thing, or at least anything revolving around the Detroit Red Wings. My gosh, that poor dude in the goalie, and they knocked that, the, um, the goal posts over. Like, damn, those guys are rough. You don't even know what you're doing, but you're, you're all a bunch of brutes. Like, let's knock everything over. So now we move to the boys' locker room, and this is where guys like to chat it up and, you know, with the big talk about girls that they're having sex with or trying to date or how far they're getting on their date and stuff like that. But the thing is, I mean, if you have a girlfriend or whatever, why are you... Well, probably being a guy, they probably are flaunting and like, hey, me and my girlfriend did this and that and that. It's like, yeah, but if you have, I really don't think that Winnie wants you saying what you two did together. She doesn't want you talking about like that with your friends. And that should be something that you guys should keep private. I mean, if you're like not really in a serious relationship, even still... It's, it's boundaries. But this is locker room talk. Guys are going to talk about girls. It's just, that's what they do. I can't see, but way in the back, is that a shout? What is that? It's like two guys are playing monkey in the middle with this guy's, like, socks. But it's way in the, in the far reaches of the corner of this scene. But it almost looks like that guy is, like, balls to the wall naked. Like... But maybe he's wearing flesh-colored pants? It really looks like that guy is naked in the back there. I, you know, I don't think they do that, but... 
Oh, we got one guy pulling on his pants over his underwear. I seriously swear that guy looks like he's naked back there. Guys, I can't focus on anything else, but I'm going to try to get away from this. I swear it's like you see his butt crack. Oh my gosh. This is going to drive me insane all day. <laughs> um, I'm going to play this scene though, so let's I can get away from this. Because <laughs> this is just... Guys... If you got the DVDs, check out the locker scene, and you tell me. Not to mention reputation. I think I'm going to give Carol Masucci another chance this weekend. Oh, you mean she finally returned her calls? Hey, she called me. Ooh. Face it, every day was a trial by a jury of your peers. Chuck, how'd your date go with Marilyn last night? Well, you know, it's fun. Fun? Yeah. Well, we did stuff. What kind of stuff? You know. Stuff. And those who left themselves exposed bore the full wrath of the adolescent mob. He didn't. Did too. No, you didn't. It could be brutal. Hey, come on, lay off. But never so brutal as when the mob turned on you. You're right, Arnold. Maybe we should be talking about you and the Coopster. What? I mean, you guys have been together for a long time. Uh, you want to give us some pointers? Well, at times like this, the only thing to do was hope for a last-minute reprieve. Oh, wow, look at the time. Gotta run. Uh, yeah, sorry, guys, gotta go. Yeah, yeah. Still, if proving yourself in the locker room was tough. So, with the locker room chatter, the guys are kind of like, uh, one of the, the guys, we don't even get this guy's name, but he's kind of, he's familiar enough with Kevin and Winnie's relationship, because he calls her the Coopster. Like, oh, you and the Coopster have been going out for a while, Kev, won't you give us some tips? Um, and, uh... Jeff is kind of ragging on um, Chuck, like, oh, you and so-and-so went out. What did you guys do? And and he's like, oh, we, we, it was fun. We, we did stuff. And Kevin's like, fun? Really? What did you do? It, it just, you know, Kevin talks about, you know, guys in the locker room, how you have a reputation and this and that. And so... Luckily, the bell rings, and Jeff and Kevin book it. They get out of there. It's like, no, I don't need to divulge into my relationship right now. So, now we're back at home, and Norma and Jack are going away for the weekend. I'm not sure where they're going, but Jack comes in, wants Norma's opinion. Like, hon, what tie should I use? This one or this one? I think I like the red. I like the burgundy color. But then again, I'm a big fan of red, so I might just be biased. Oh, which one of these ties should I take with me? Oh, don't worry, honey. I'll pack for you. The home front was no picnic either. You're gonna be all right, won't you, honey? Mom, please. Wayne gone till Saturday. Mom, you're only gonna be gone one night. My parents were taking a trip out of town, which for me meant one thing. There are meals in the freezer for you, honey, and they're all labeled. Mom, please, give me a little credit. I can take care of myself. I'm 16 years old. Congratulations. Thanks. Just don't forget to take out the trash. All in all, 
A resounding vote of confidence. Come on. I mean, who did these people think I was? So Norma just takes the ties and like, hey, honey, don't worry. I will pack for you. So we don't get to see which ties she chooses for. She'll take it. Take them both. Take them both. Um, and, you know, Jack and Norma, they're gonna, they're just gonna be gone for one night, and Norma's like, well, with Wayne being away until Saturday or Sunday, you're gonna be by yourself, and Kevin's like, please, I'm 16, I can take care of myself, pretty much. And Norma even labeled the dinners that she made for Kevin that are in the freezer that he just has to heat up. What a mom! That is, oh, that's Kev, you don't even have to cook for yourself. It's all done for you. But he's like, oh, I'm 16. I thought he was 17 as a junior, but whatever. And Jack does remember, like, hey, do not forget to take the trash out. Because if you miss it, then we gotta wait another week until the trash man comes around. And it's gonna be crazy. Basically. So, Kevin always feels like, hey, they're treating me like I'm a little kid. Kevin, they're leaving you home alone at 16. I hardly doubt that's being treated like a little kid. They trust you enough. Remember that big old... Uh, what Was it the Lost Weekend? That was a, the season 5 where he had that big ass orgy rager. It was an orgy, but it was a, a, week, a rager at his house. And of course they blame Wayne because the idea of Kevin throwing a big rager is like, no, no, not my son. No, he's a good one. But, yeah. So Norma and Jack go off to, you know, get all ready to go. We, I don't even think we learn where they're going. Maybe we'll learn in a little bit. Like, maybe they just, like, want to have... I mean, they're going to be gone for one night. So, could it be... Well, it's not a reunion because Norma has her high school reunion towards the end of season six. So, maybe they just want to have sex in a nice hotel room and just get a week and away from their two teenage sons and away from responsibility and just in enjoy each other's company and just be with each other without having to worry about their kids hearing. So the next day Kevin's uh, walking through the halls and we see this cool this African American guy he's got the big afro cause it's 1972 it's like oh, that's so cool so cool. So I had an empty house to myself. What were my parents worried about? Suddenly I understood their concern. Winnie, hi. Oh, hey. Uh, listen, I was wondering if you wanted to study for the SATs tonight. Tonight? Uh, yeah. You know, I, I figured it's about time we started getting ready. For the test. Okay. Where do you want to meet? Uh, well, I don't know. Uh, anywhere. How about my house? Okay. Bingo. As long as it's right with your parents. Sure. Definitely. Just one little detail. I mean, it would be if they weren't out of town. But, you know, it's not going to be like the neighbors won't be around or anything. But who was I kidding? No way she was going to fall for this pathetic ruse. 
That's fine. Really? Sure. We're just gonna study, right? Absolutely. Great. Then I'll see you tonight. And with that, the date was made. The trap was set. So as Kevin's kind of walking the halls, he's like, oh, I don't know what my parents are so worried about. And then, of course, he spots Winnie. We hear Winnie's theme play in the background. It's like they always play her theme whenever she's, whenever Kevin spots her. That's, that's her thing. It's a cute theme music. I really like it. And he goes up to her and says, hey, um, I was wondering, do you want to study for the test? And... And she kind of gives him a look, like, oh, because you said you want to study for the test tonight, you know, the SATs? And she's like, tonight? And it's almost like, really? You want to do that? Or almost like, tonight? It's kind of late notice, or I don't know. But she's, like, got her arm, like, loaded down, like, in the crook of her arm with, like, five or six books. They're not huge, thick books, but it's like, I kept worrying, like, oh, she's going to drop them. Like, her arm's gonna give out. But she's a teenager. She's not, like, a 30-something-year-old that's got weak arms like me. <laughs> so, no, she's... But it was really cool, like, looking in her locker again and just seeing how much it's changed. Like, the inside of her locker before had, I think, like, maybe Bobby Kennedy in it and tennis players and other athlete cute guys stuff like that and this one's got like a kitten like a picture of a kitten and a, a puppy and i'm gonna check this out again okay so there is a picture of a kitten there's something that looks like i don't can't that's not a puppy i don't know what that is it looks like there's a picture a very small picture of a guy horoscope does it say what does that say horoscope I think I don't know what her astrological sign. I don't even know what her birthday is we know when Kevin and Paul's birthdays are because we're like right within a, a week of each other but we don't know when Winnie's birthday is but anyway he says I think we should be start you know we should start studying for the SATs you know practicing and stuff and she's like, well, are your folks going to be all right with that? And he's like, oh, well, I mean, they would be if they weren't out of town. And she kind of gives him a look like she's a little like, uh, I don't know if I should be coming over with your parents. But Kevin does assure her like, well, it's not like the neighbors aren't going to be around. The neighbors will be around. So, but no, she's actually pretty cool that Kevin at first is like, oh, she's not going to go with it for this. She's definitely not. I mean, if my parents are home, she's not, you know, straight-laced Winnie. But she surprises him and says, yeah, yeah, that would be great. Sure. Okay, I'll meet you there. And when she leaves, he's, like, thinking how the trap is set. Trap? Because, yeah, he set this up, like, oh, yeah, sure, of course we're gonna quote-unquote study. Of course we're gonna study. But then we see a little montage of him setting up the fire, snacks, drinks, all that stuff. It's like, and I think, is he wearing a robe? Hold on. No, he's not, no, he's not wearing a robe. Oh, when she comes over and he, we see his, 
image of Hugh Hefner in a smoking jacket and a pipe or something. Set. And so I prepared a proper study environment. A veritable temple of academia. And when I was finished... Come on in, it's open. Hi. Hi. <laughs> it was a call to romance no mere woman could resist. dark in here. Let's study in the kitchen. Then again? So, Kevin lights up the fireplace and he's got a couple candles burning on the coffee table and he thinks, oh, she's gonna come over and this is gonna be so romantic we can make out on the couch and of course she comes in, she's like, why is it so dark in here? And it really is. You can't... All they have... Kevin's got the fireplace and he's got the candles. And you can't even walk into that room without probably bumping into something. So, <laughs> you know, and Wendy's got her book. She's like, she's there to study. And she's like, well, I think we should study in the kitchen because there's better light in there. So, Kevin's plan pretty much just goes up in smoke. And now we move to the kitchen. Winnie's at the table, kind of going over some of the questions. As Kevin is digging through the cupboards, looking for something to snack on. And something to probably try to take his mind off. The idea that he wanted to make out with Winnie. That was his... Studying to get her over there, but then, of course, to move into make-out mode, but no, she's like, no, if you wanted to, you wanted me to come over to study, we're going to study. Whatever you thought we were going to do, well, we're not going to do that. Okay, what's the opposite of parsimonious? A, fastidious, B, considerate, C, generous, or D, none of the above? Kevin? Want some pretzels or something? Kevin, you know, you're never going to know all of this when it's time to take the test. Winnie, what's to know? I mean, it's a stupid test. All you have to do is show up on time and bring some sharpened number two pencils. Kevin, it's a little more difficult than that. Right. You have to fill in those little circles. Okay, so much for the small talk. It was time to get dangerous. Winnie. Been together a long time, and we care about each other. 
things between us are great. <laughs> oh. Why? What do you say? <laughs> I uh, say the same. Yeah. More or less. So Kevin finds bag pretzels and Winnie's kind of saying, hey, we need to really study this because you're not going to know any of this stuff when it comes time to take the test. When do you take the test? When you're juniors? Because by the time senior year rolls around, you're going to be, you've already got your SAT scores, right? And then you'd be applying to colleges. That's basically what you're doing. And Kevin's like, oh, what do you need to know? You just got to bring your sharpened pencils and yourself and fill in those little bubbles. It's like, no, you need, this is what helps you get into a good college. Or at least, you know, I'm sure he'll do a lot better than Wayne. <laughs> and, and Kevin's, he sits down after he pours the pretzels into a bowl and he's like, he kind of closes the book like, hey, Winnie, let's do something else. And of course... She kind of realizes, like, Kevin, you, you didn't ask me over here to study with you, did you? And he's like, not really, no. And she's like, well, it's all right. I mean, I get it. Guys talk. You know, girls talk, too. And Kevin's like, oh, really? Um, wh what, do they, what do they say? What do you say? And she's like, well, I say that we've been together for a while and, you know, that we care about each other and that things are great. And she's like, why? What, what do you say? And he's like, oh, well, I um, kind of say the same thing, more, more or less. Yeah, his raunchier version of that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, do girls really talk about how far they get with guys? That Even in 72, do they really? That sounds more like locker room talk for the guys that are usually saying how far they get with a girl. I don't... I mean, I have my share of... Well, I never said anything. No, I hated having to go to PE and having to change in front of people and stuff like that. It was so embarrassing, but I don't remember them really talking about... Even in high school... Um, them talking about doing things with guys. But then again, I was just trying to get in and get out as fast as I could. I didn't linger. The only time that I remember some girl, and she was talking to some guys that, before social studies class started in 8th grade. Clearly she was talking, she said something about something being salty. Clearly she was talking about giving someone a blowjob because... I mean, looking back on it now, that's obviously what it was. So, Kevin and Winnie wind up on the couch watching an old black and white film. And Kevin's just kind of sitting there like, uh, Winnie and I, how we always do, we end up on the couch watching a movie. And he's there wishing they could actually be making out and stuff instead of actually watching a movie. And so, after all my attempts at intrigue and danger and seduction... That's even better. Winnie and I ended up like we always did. Reminiscing. Do you remember the first time we saw this movie? I guess. I was sick with a flu and you came over to keep me company. Yeah. 
Still, in a way, it wasn't all bad. You must have watched five movies that week. Seven. You visited me every day. Fact was, it felt pretty good. Sitting there, holding her. Away from school and the guys and the locker room. I should really call my parents. They don't know where I am. No, let's watch a little more. You can call them later. After all, there was no need to hurry. We had plenty of time. So, Winnie brings up, like, hey, remember when we saw this movie? And at first I'm, like, thinking, do they mean seeing it in the theater? But no, she brings up the fact that they watched this when she was homesick with the flu. Now, the thing that I'm remembering, remember the episode in season two where Winnie does have the flu and Kevin's, like, we see a montage of him, like, hanging out and, like, playing with puppets and stuff like that and just entertaining her? And I'm kind of thinking if this is just them watching, like, because he says, yeah, we watched, like, five movies that week. So this is, like, what we didn't see is them hanging out watching movies and everything like that. But, um, yeah. And I'm just kind of thinking, like, oh, yeah. And then uh, she found out you were talking shit about her to Becky Slater. And she did a really interesting inter uh, impression of you. And threw your Jets jacket on her front lawn. <laughs> yeah. But, um, Winnie mentions, well, I shouldn't call my parents. They don't know where I am. So, her parents, like, maybe went out or something, and she just, or did she say, hey, I'm going out, I didn't exactly, she didn't say where she was going, but then her, Kevin's like, oh, no, no, you can call him later, let's just continue watching, because, you know, this is, like, TV where you can't pause it, you can't rewind it or anything like that, but, I mean, they've seen the movie before, they know how it ends, just call your parents. Because, you know, she said it's getting pretty late. I bet anything, it's gotta be, like, after 10 o'clock or 11 or something. So, Kevin says, hey, don't worry, call him later, let's just hang out and watch. And then we get the sign-off screen, which they do at the end of the program. Which they don't do that. Remember the, um, the color bars for some channels? Like... You go and flip to it and go beep. Oh my gosh. I'm just thinking about, like, remember the things like, this is just a test. Remember, this is just a test. Beep. Like, uh, what is it? The test of the emergency broadcast system. Okay, yeah, I remember when those would pop up. Yep. Yeah, they didn't see the end of the movie. Oh, there's the phone. It's probably mom and dad saying, Honey, we'll be home shortly. Get to school. What are you still doing here? You should be at school right now. What? I didn't. Oh, my goodness. It's after 8 o'clock. <laughs> so, the phone's ringing. The fire's pretty much died down. And Kevin says they didn't even finish watching the movie. They fell asleep. And... He says, Winnie and I did something together we'd never done before. You think, oh, they had sex. No, they fell asleep on the couch together. And she's kind of nestled against his chest. And I don't see how that is even remotely comfortable. 
at all. Like, yeah, you can fall asleep against someone's chest. I, I've not done that. And I'm just like, Jeremy's got a really bony chest. And after a while, it's like, oh my gosh, you have a steel plate in there? <laughs> no, no, I, I mean... Kevin's more, like, he's probably got more meat on his bones and everything like that, so maybe would be a little more comfortable. I don't know. I'm sorry, guys. It's not morning yet. No. This is just the sign-off for the night, and the phone is ringing, and Kevin says, we didn't hear the phone ringing. As in, they just fell asleep. At first, I'm like, oh, if it's morning, why is it so damn dark in there still? Wouldn't the sun be coming through, like, the the um, the curtains? So, no. It's still, it's nighttime. They fell asleep. How far into that movie were they? That must not have been too far that they fell. Because when he was yawning, she's like, I really should call my parents. Because when he lives, like, what, ten miles away? Or, no, not ten miles. Like, ten minutes away. So, um, she's like, I should call my parents. Yeah. And the phone's ringing. So that's gotta be Jack and Norma probably just calling to check up on Kevin. We didn't see the end of the movie. We didn't even hear the phone. Because that night, Winnie and I did something we'd never done together before. fell asleep. So, we see them, and Winnie is kind of got her head kind of leaning against Kevin's head, but she isn't really leaning on his chest. But there is nothing provocative in any way. It's just a couple of teenagers that fell asleep on the couch. But of course, it's 1972, and this could be seen as scandalous. Like, Whatever. Whatever. If you saw this today, you'd be like, this is nothing. They fell asleep on the couch. So, it's morning time. The phone's still ringing. Norma must be frantic. Like, oh my gosh, Jack, they're not, he's not answering. Something's wrong. Oh my gosh, he's dead. Because, you know, this is back before they had answering machines. And... Sunlight is shining directly into Kevin's eyes on the couch because now he's got his head kind of resting on the arm of the couch and Kevin kind of opens his eyes kind of squinting like gosh it's so bright so the TV uh, basically the channel comes back on saying hey it's morning time and they're probably talking about the weather for the morning Damn, that phone has been ringing for the last, like, ten minutes or more. And I'm surprised that phone hasn't woken Winnie up. She must be a very deep sleeper. So, Kevin finally wanders in the kitchen, grabs the phone. It is Norma, and he's like, oh, yeah, of course I'm, I'm, I'm up. I've been up for hours. Oh, yeah, I'm getting ready for school now. So, she basically tells him, you know, we'll be back later. And he's like, all right, cool, I'll see you tonight. Yeah, yeah, of 
course I'm up. I've been up for hours. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm just getting ready for school. Okay, I'll see you tonight. Bye. That's when it hit me. Oh, my God. Somehow, Winnie and I had slept through the whole night. Oh, my God. I had to be calm, the voice of reason. I had to wake her gently so she wouldn't... Winnie! Wake up at 7 o'clock! We slept in! Panic. So, Kevin, after hanging up with his mom, goes into the living room and looks, and finally it dawns on him, he looks at Winnie, who's still sleeping, and then we hear this weird, like, baby nursery rhyme music playing. It's like, they didn't have sex! And Kevin, you are not in the right frame of mind for thinking... That you did. I mean, you're still wearing the clothes that you wore last night. You weren't drunk or anything, so it's not like your memory's been erased or anything. And you did something and just threw your clothes back on and fell asleep. Like, come on. I think it's just the idea that they did fall asleep together and that's about as far as they've ever gone. Kevin's freaking out. It's like, Winnie! Oh my gosh! It's 7 o'clock! We overslept! It's like... It's cool. School doesn't start till what? At least probably eight or so. You're fine. But he's in a panic. Like, oh my gosh, Winnie, wake up. We slept in. We have to go. I gotta take you home so we can get to school. Like, <sighs> my God, this is turning into an episode of Home Alone. Oh my God, we overslept when we start playing. The blah, 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 blah. No, no, it's fine. It's fine, Kevin. But he's a teenager. Teenagers overreact about everything. But this is where we hear the wake up little Susie wake up. And Kevin is all freaked out. You really should not be driving. As he's like double fisting the wheel as he's turning it like a madman. And when he's like, Kevin, you need to slow down. You're worrying about nothing. She's more calm than he is. Which, doesn't Kevin normally fly off the handle? I mean, this we know. Six seasons deep now. We know this is how Kevin reacts to everything. I mean, he's 16, not 17. You, you think he might have grown out of that a little bit? But no. Fear is a great motivator. Terror is even better. Kevin, slow down. But I couldn't. All I could imagine was what awaited us. Angry parents, outraged neighbors, maybe even the National Guard. Or maybe nothing at all. There's no one here. Who would be here at 7 o'clock in the morning? Well, you know the mailman, the paper boy? Kevin, relax. Well, should I come in with you? No, it's okay. It'd probably just make things worse. I'll take care of this. See you at school. And at that moment, looking into those eyes, I knew things would be okay. 
I mean, hey, what was the absolute worst that could happen? So as Kevin's driving like a madman to get Winnie home, he's envisioning, like, the police and the National Guard and everyone and anyone is, like, freaking out about the fact that he and Winnie fell asleep on the couch together. But when he pulls up to her house, it's dead silent, and... Kevin's like, there's nobody here. And Winnie looked at him like, um, it's 7 a.m. Who's gonna be here? At first I thought she meant like, oh, her parents are both at work right now. Well, I don't think her mom works. Her dad might. But he's like, oh, the milkman, the paperboy. Why would they give a shit? Why would they get The paperboy might be interested in what did or didn't happen, but the mailman ain't gonna, the mailman, the milkman, whatever, aren't gonna give two fucks. They're not gonna care. So, Kevin's like, hey, should I go in with you? And she's like, no, no, um, it's gonna be fine. Let me just, it, you're gonna make it worse if you come in with me. So, um, you know, she kisses him goodbye, and he's like, when I looked into her eyes, I, I knew it would be fine. Like, yeah, you need to chill the fuck out. She is calm as a cucumber. It's cool. So, they get to school, and he's like, oh my gosh, you told them? And she's like, yeah, I told them, and they were fine with it. I just said we fell asleep watching a movie. They trust me, because they're my parents. I mean, she's definitely matured since the accident episode where she went in a car with, like, four other boys and they got into an accident and she broke her leg. Remember that episode? Yeah. Where she ran a little while. That was Winnie out of control. Winnie going crazy hanging out with high school boys when she was still in junior high. So, they clearly, they know Kevin. They trust him. They trust her, which is great because they're 16 years old. And they're, she, in her mind, is very mature for her age. She handles everything with, with no problems. Wild Winnie is gone. So I'm going to play this clip. Kevin is just like, I can't believe you told them. Like, you didn't do anything, Kevin. Oh my god. Now your parents, I don't know how the hell they're going to react, but Winnie's are cute. They're Absolutely placid. You told them? Of course I told them. You mean you told them the truth? I told them what happened. That we fell asleep on your couch. Of course I should have been relieved, but... I can't believe you told them that. Why? Well... Geez, we were red-blooded teenagers. Hadn't they considered the possibilities? What did they say? Not much. They trust us. What's that supposed to mean? Kevin, they knew nothing happened. Oh. And the funny thing was, just when I was supposed to feel off the hook, I felt insulted. The truth was, they were really relieved to hear I was with you. Great. So I guess everything turned out okay. Yeah. I'll see you lunch? Yeah. Yeah. So... Kevin's like, oh, wow, I can't believe they didn't think more happened than what actually happened. It's like, because, you know, we're teenagers. And she's like, well, they trust us. They trust me. And she says to him, they're really happy that I was with you. Um, they do understand that you two are seriously dating, right? 
I mean, who the fuck else are you going to be with, Winnie? Some other guy? <laughs> but, of course, the idea that they're like, oh, they, they knew I was, uh, were happy that I was with you. And Kevin's like, oh, like, what? That kind of hurts his parts a little bit. He's like, oh, wow, thanks. Like, uh, Kevin, the Coopers trust you, buddy. My God, be happy that they're not, like, on your ass about that. Like, what the hell are you doing? Keeping my daughter out past 11 o'clock, or out all night. Remember how he envisioned that when they were going, he and Winnie were going to that makeout party, and he went to pick her up, and he was, like, envisioning Mr. Cooper, like, grabbing him by his jacket and lifting him up off the ground, like, I hear you're taking my Gwendolyn to a makeout party! Like, no. No, 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 no. It's... Kevin, you're worrying about nothing. But now, she's like, don't worry, I'll see you at lunch, bye. And now, we're back to P.E., like, floor hockey. Kevin's on a mission. He's, like, checking people left and right, knocking people down. His head's in the clouds with all of this. It's like, Kevin, your mind is going in a thousand different directions. You really need to drop this. He really needs to, because now it's going to escalate into something even more. His lips are getting a little loose, if you get my drift, once they get to the locker room. What the fuck is he doing? He's, like, deliberately bashing into people. Okay, this is, what the hell? He's not even going after the puck. He's just pushing people down left and right. But then again, this is Kevin Arnold's style. When he's, like, in a hurry to get somewhere, he's pushing. Remember season two when he was like, I'm gonna go and skate with Becky Slater to make Winnie Cooper jealous. Here, let me push all these people out of the way on the ice. Oh my gosh, Winnie Cooper was in an accident? Let me push people out of the way to get to her even faster. Oh my gosh, I'm so angry because Winnie's parents didn't think that I slept with Winnie. Here, I'm angry. Let me get my anger out and, like, push people down deliberately even though I'm not going after the hockey puck. What the fuck? Even Jeff is like, what the hell, Kevin? You deliberately pushed me down for no fucking reason. I mean, we see people that are closer to the basketball hoop that are, like, got the puck there. And Kevin's just all over. I'm like, Kevin, you need to go. Go get changed. Get out of here. Get your problem sorted out. Because you're taking it out on kids that have no idea what the fuck's going on with you right now. I mean, he went after that one guy who called Winnie the Coopster. He He's deliberately taking his hockey stick sideways and pushing Chuck down. And Chuck is looking at him like, what the hell? And the guys are royally pissed as fuck at Kevin, which understandably, where the hell is the coach? He's like, Arnold, get out of here. Go to the locker room, get changed, you need to go. Go to detention, you don't deliberately knock people down like that. You are way the fuck out of line. Hey, a little rough out there, huh, Arnold? Hey, if you can't handle it, why don't you go play badminton with the girls? <laughs> okay, maybe I was a little out of control. <laughs> I had my reasons. You okay? Yeah, why? I don't know, it just looked like you were going to take a life out there. I don't know, I'm just feeling frustrated. Uh-oh. But, uh, 
I mean, I'm just having a bad day. But it was too late. I'd broken the first rule of the locker room. What's the matter, Arnold? Trouble in paradise? Yes, uh, when he's shutting you out? Well, uh, no, no. We, just, we... She and I are just... You know. Come on, Kev. Tell us something interesting. waiting, Arnold. Whoops. Or is there just really nothing to tell? Now, everything in me told me to keep my mouth shut. But somehow, the way those guys were looking at me, it just slipped out. Hey, for your information, when he was over at my house last night. <laughs> Whoa. All night. Use your imagination. Which, of course, they did. What little they had. Is this true? Yeah, of course it's true. And with that, I became a god. But just don't tell anyone, okay? Our lips are sealed. And the most amazing part is, I actually believed them. So, the nameless jock who calls Winnie the Coopster says, Hey, Arnold, you're a little rough out there. And Kevin, of course, shoots back, Hey, if you can handle it, go play badminton with the girls. It's like, Kevin, you were unnecessarily rough out there. To the thousandth degree. And Jeff's like, hey, Kev, what's up? And Kevin's like, hey, I'm sorry, I'm just frustrated. And of course, at those words frustrated, all the boys' heads turn around and face Kevin. Like, ooh, frustrated. Does this mean, like, sexually frustrated? They're like, oh, well, he's the only one. Kevin's the only one with a serious girlfriend. So these guys all look for, like, you know, tips and stuff from Kevin. And... It's like, hey, well, from my information, for your information, Winnie came over to my house last night. And the dark haired guy is all like, oh, wow, she came over to your house. Ooh. And Kevin's like, yeah, and she stayed all night. And the guys are like, oh, wow, R really? <laughs> um, wow. Their minds, and uh, Kevin, of course, is like, well, use your imaginations. And you get a shot of the guys, like, really probably picturing Kevin and Winnie boning down. You know, they're teenage guys. It's like, hey, just please don't say anything. Keep your lips shut, which Kevin should have done. And Chuck, of course, like, zoop. You hear that zip sound? As he's like, our lips are sealed. No, they're not. They're teenage guys, Kev. Every single guy, even the other guys that are like a little ways down the bench are looking in Kevin's direction. So, yeah. So now Kevin and Winnie are at lunch and I think the rumor mill is going to erupt here. <laughs> By lunchtime, I'd pretty much forgotten about the whole thing. 
I'll get some napkins. Meet at the table. Everything felt right. With me, with Winnie. Hey, Arnold. Until my fan club arrived. <laughs> Want to tell us about you and Cooper? What? What are you talking about? <laughs> Come on, Arnold. Fill us in on the details. <sighs> Get lost, stupid. Suddenly, I was getting this queasy feeling, and it wasn't the goulash. Hey, stupid, I thought I told you not to tell anyone. Well, hey, if you're gonna walk the walk, you gotta talk the talk. So Kevin and Winnie are in the lunchroom, and he's like, hey, I'll get the napkin. She's like, well, I'll find us a table. And while Kevin is doing that, some guys come up to Kevin and are like, hey, you're a big stud, I hear. Give us the deets. And the kid in the damn locker room is like, oh, no, we won't say anything, Kevin. He's like, oh, well, if you're going to talk the talk. Because Kevin's like, damn it, you stupid fuck. I told you not to say anything. Because Kevin's got, like, a crowd of people, of guys, like, like encircling him. They're clearly, none of these boys have ever had sex. So Kevin is at the top of the, the uh, non-virgin chain or whatever the fuck. And, of course, Kevin eyes Winnie, who is now surrounded by a group of girls. And... The look on Winnie's face, she is utterly horrified. What are they saying to her? Like, oh, we heard you and Kevin, like, got it on last night. Give us the details. Like, how, how was it? Was it good? Like, and before Kevin can make his way over to Winnie, she's gone. She's left. I feel bad for because she was holding that tray as these girls were, like, probably whispering to her. Probably calling her a slut. Call her, probably calling her this or that. And, but, yeah, like I said, by the time that he gets to her, she's gone. And now, Kevin's on the phone trying to get a hold of Winnie to iron things out. And I'm sure that Winnie's mom's like, she does not want to talk to you, Kevin. You need to stop calling. This is, like, the tenth time in the last half hour that you've called. Stop. Cooper? Hi, this is Kevin. Is Winnie there? By that night, nothing had changed. Yeah. I understand. Sorry. Face it. I needed help. Kevin! Thought I told you to throw out the trash. Oh. Sorry. Still, I guess help is where you find it. Dad? Yeah? I have to talk to you about something that happened here last night. What is it? Winnie came over last night, and... And so I recounted the whole sorry tale, hoping for some advice, you know, and maybe a little sympathy. After all, Dad had been 16 once. He'd been in locker rooms. He knew what the guys were like. <sighs> Women, huh? I mean, what am I supposed to do? But if I was looking for someone to back me up... Get 
in your car, go over and apologize right away. <coughs> I came up short. You think she'll listen? I wouldn't. So, I guess... Uh, Kevin's parents are home, or at least we hear his dad complaining, Kevin, damn it, you forgot to take out the fucking trash like I told you! And Kevin's like, oh, damn it, I'm sorry, Dad, I, I forgot. And, um, so he's like, hey, Dad, can I, uh, talk to you about something? And, of course, Jack's only half like, what, what is it? He's like, uh, Kevin, is this really the time? I, but, anyway... He's like, well, Winnie came over here last night, and and then we don't really hear, like, what he's saying is like, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, you can't really hear it. Like, you see his lips moving and everything, and kind of the narrator, like, talking, you know, adult Kevin talking, and... At the end, he's like, well, I was kind of hoping Dad would, like, side with me and everything. Because, you know, he'd been 16 once. He'd been in a guy's locker room. Uh, Jack's got no sympathy for him. He's like, you need to get in your car and go and apologize. And he's like, oh, do you really think she'll believe me? Or she'll listen to me? And he's like, well, I wouldn't. As he takes the trash out. Like, no, I... Like, Kevin, you made a choice by opening your fucking mouth and now you gotta pay the piper and you need to talk to your girlfriend cause she's not too happy with you cause not only did you hurt yourself but you hurt her reputation you made her think that you made other people think that she's got a reputation when she doesn't so guys this is gonna be the snag in their relationship right now they're going good for a bit six episodes in no real issues. Now this is the issue. And I think this is going to be a episode or two worth of they're going to be separate for a bit. So Kevin heads over to her house to apologize. I didn't go right away. Maybe I was too proud. Maybe I was too afraid. I kept telling myself over and over that what I'd done wasn't really so bad. But I guess I knew better. Hi. I knew what I had to do. Apologize. Winnie, listen. I've given this a lot of thought. What I did was wrong. It's just that the guys were really getting on me. And, you know, I know it's no excuse. But I guess I kind of let them get the wrong idea about us. Okay, I definitely let them get the wrong idea about us. But you got to understand something, Winnie. You know, when guys get together, sometimes things get a little out of control. I mean, not necessarily in this case, but sometimes... It, you know what I mean? 
say yes. walking up to her door and in his mind he's thinking you know kind of what I said really I didn't think it was so bad but you know he's a teenage boy of course his mind is gonna like oh well it's, I, I didn't think it was terrible I mean it just got out of hand and when the doorbell rings I forgot about this I thought well Winnie's not gonna answer the door her mom's gonna be no Winnie answers the door and I'm like I'm surprised she even opened the door for him to even listen to what he has to say and as he's talking, she's just looking at him with the most heartbroken and shocked face look expression on her face. And I, I feel so bad for her. As he's like, you know, I mean, guys talk and stuff when they get in the locker room. And, you know, I know there's no excuse and everything like that. And... Okay, well, at first he says, you know, I've given this a lot of thought, and I was wrong. So, at least, yes, he does admit that he was wrong. And he says how the guys were kind of getting on him, and he says, you know, I, that, I understand, that's no excuse, I know. But he says, how, you know, I kind of let them get the wrong idea about it. Like, yeah, you could have corrected it. The fact, when you said, use your imagination... After you said, Winnie came over and she spent the whole night at my house. And then you say, use your imagination. You, you, you should have stopped when you said Winnie came over and left it at that. Because you dug yourself a hell of a bigger hole with every word afterward that came out of your mouth. And he... I really don't like how he says, oh, Winnie, you have to understand something. When guys get together, things kind of get out of control. Um, you have control over your mouth the last time I checked. 
You can open your mouth. You can shut your mouth. Yeah. So, at first he was saying, oh, that's no excuse. Now he's like, seems like he's kind of backtracking a bit. And when he's not saying anything at all, she's just looking at him like she's got no words. And Kevin's like, hey, can we come, can I come in and we can talk about this? And she, that's when Winnie opens the door wider, like, sure, you can come in. Oh, by the way, my parents aren't home, so if you want me, let's do this. And Winnie just, or Kevin's just standing there, like, shocked, like, oh, no, no, I mean, not, not I don't want to do that. And the thing is, I, when Kevin says, don't worry, I'll fix this, and she's looking at him, and she's like, how? And he's like, what? And she's like, how are you going to fix something like this? Kevin, this is a rumor. What exactly are you going to do? Just go back on your word and say, oh, no, by the way, Winnie came over, but nothing happened? It's out. There is no way to retract what you said. And when she hugs him and stuff, it's it's so sad. It's like... You know, you you did this, and, 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 you know, I trusted you, and I just, I feel so bad for her. I'm surprised he didn't say something like, oh, you know, it's just a rumor, next week they'll be talking about something else. You know, like, usually, that's usually when, on shows and stuff, we're like, oh, you know, one day they're talking about this here, and then the next day they're talking about something else, or forget it. When it comes to a person's reputation, you've pretty much labeled her a slut because she slept with you. So her image, I mean, we've known since season one and two, you know, that when he, you know, likes the guys and stuff like that, but she's not going all the way with it. I mean, she's popular because she's a cute nice sweet girl and Kevin basically threw her under the the bus like an old rag doll and Kevin is desperate he's like can can we just go back and like just pretend that this never happened and she just looks at him like no no we can't and she goes in the house and she shuts the door in his face which this is, is kind of like Always the the doorway confessions, like at the end or um, halfway through season three with the um, She My Friend and I episode where he knocks on the door and says, hey, Paul told me, he told me you're crazy about me and she slams the door in his face. Although this is a little different, they're a little older now and what they're dealing with is... A reputation that's probably going to follow Winnie for a bit. But I just, I, my heart goes out to Winnie. That is something that you cannot get away from that. Especially now. Although if you think about it now, kids are having sex. Like it's nothing. Like it's no big deal. It's like, I don't know with kids, with teenagers now, is it just, there's no real... I don't know if they see sex as something as monogamous between one person and another person that you care about so much. It's more like, let's get this done because everyone else is doing it type of thing. But in 1972, this is going to dog her for a bit. 
But I, I honestly think it's eventually going to blow over. Or no one's going to give a shit. I mean, I know how when he said, you know, girls talk too in the locker room. I mean, I'm sure that they do. But this is Winnie Cooper. She has carried this golden halo over her head for six seasons. I wouldn't say that she's a... Uh, I'm not going to call her a prude because she's not. But I don't know how the other girls view Winnie. They definitely like her. She's a cool person to talk to and hang out with. And I'm sure all the girls want to be her. As Kevin has built her up in his mind as she's on a pedestal. But, um, yeah, like I said, and, and Kevin's just left there on the doorstep, and I want to read the quote. You heard it in the clip, and I just, it does really, it rings true. With a lot of times, you know, the choices we make, the mistakes, it's like you don't realize till afterwards just how much you fucked up. Here's the clip. Narrator, adult Kevin. They say hindsight's twenty twenty, and I guess it's true. Because as I stood there outside Winnie's house that night, I suddenly saw it all so clearly. I'd sold both of us short by taking something that most people never have and throwing, a, throwing it away for something less. I'd been in such a hurry to impress people that didn't matter. I'd torn apart the only ones who did. Us. And that's the thing, that Kevin didn't realize just what a mistake, choice, whatever you want to call it, that he made until when he's telling him, there's no way that you can fix this, and no, we can't go back to the way we used to be. Um, and he says, I suddenly saw it all so clearly. So basically, yes, now he's like standing outside of the situation and seeing just exactly how bad this is. He ruined something that was so beautiful by making something that didn't happen so ugly. Something that could have been so beautiful between two people. I'd sold us... I'd sold both of us short by taking something that most people never have. Like one of those amazing romances where you've known the person forever and everything and and you're great together and you know how he says throwing it away for something less. So Something like the first time that could have been so great and magical, you're making it a locker room joke, even though it didn't happen. When you said, she came over to my house, stayed the whole night, and then he says, use your imagination. It's like, hey, the, even though it didn't happen, picture in your minds what I'm doing with my girlfriend. He's cheapening something that could have been beautiful if it had happened between them. Because it does, you know, in the finale. Um, and he's just basically saying how he threw... He let a rumor start by saying it's just guy's locker room talk. So that he could, like, make himself, like, the man. Like, oh, I'm a big stud now. All these guys. He's wanting that enviness uh, from his peers and everything and to be looked upon like a god 
And by doing so, he's throwing away his girlfriend's reputation so he can look good. That is just so wrong. And I know they're teenage boys and I know their minds haven't fully formed yet. That they probably won't until they're at least like 22 or 25. And the last part here, how he says, I've been in such a hurry to impress people that didn't matter. By impressing, you know, his buddies in the locker room, guys. Like, this thing was so important that he was so frustrated and everything with what was going on with him and Winnie. That in one instant, he throws away everything that they had and everything that was so great and beautiful. Just to make him, for a moment of glory, that is going to blow up in his face. And the last part here, how he says, I torn apart the only ones who did matter. Us. As we see in the last shot, we get a home movie of Kevin and Winnie riding down that hill that she was talking about at the beginning of the episode. How they'd had, even though they hadn't officially been dating for 12 years or 12 and a half, but he threw away... I guess what I'm saying is he's going to have to really work now to get back in her good graces. He's going to have a... To try to uh, get... Gosh, I am really trying to figure how I want to say this. But you guys, you guys get it. I mean, you, you watch the episode, you know. You know, I mean, think about it. Put yourself in Winnie's shoes if you're a girl. Would you... Let's just say they had sex. Let's just say that, okay? Although, if you think about it, they do have sex and then they start their senior year of high school together. But anyway, let's just say. Let's just say. <clears throat> you and your boyfriend, you've been dating quite a while. You both decide to go to the next step, which is, you know, to have sex. Then you go to lunch one day with your boyfriend. Everything seems fine and normal. All of a sudden, girls are coming up to you like, Oh my gosh, I heard that you and your boyfriend did this. Wouldn't you be absolutely distraught that your boyfriend is telling his friends, which are then getting to other people of the school, that a private, personal, beautiful moment has been now ripped at shred? I mean, it didn't happen, of course. Or, or, or what about the fact, what about this? The fact that you didn't have sex, but now people are coming up to you and talking to you, asking you questions as if you had? <clears throat> Where your boyfriend is now saying stuff happened that didn't happen just to make himself look good? I w and, and think about it, you put in years and years of, of, of hard work into a relationship and you've, you have all these memories from your childhood and all of that, all of that is gone. It's like, it's almost like, how do we come back from this? How do we rebuild what now that we've lost? If I were Winnie, if I were Winnie, I don't know. I really don't know. That honestly would be lead to a breakup. Like, I can't trust you anymore. The fact that you... You took something that's supposed to be so beautiful. Something that we have never done before and made it a joke. There's no coming back from that. From, in my mind, there is no... 
no coming back from that. And that is not me trying to speak from a teenager's point of view. That is me personally speaking from my own point of view. If I had been dating someone in, in high school, and think about it, they're juniors. They still got another year of high school to go with these people. Actually, a year and a half because they haven't even hit like Thanksgiving, November, or December, any of that. So they got a year and a half left to go with these people. Granted, yes, eventually maybe they'll be talking about something else, but that reputation is still going to be there. So what do you think? Um, <clears throat> do you think that uh, Winnie is correct to put the brakes on the relationship for a bit? Like, let Kevin stew, let him think about what he did. And Kevin's going to have to do a grand gesture. He's really going to have to work at this if he wants to get Winnie back. But then again, guys, if we think about it, think about it. And I'm not condoning, I'm not trying to put Winnie in a hole here by saying, oh, remember back when she did this, when she supposedly cheated on Kevin? And oh, remember at the end of the show when she cheated on Kevin again when they were dating? I'm not saying that Kevin is in the right here because of what she did prior. He's definitely not. And I know that Winnie is no saint either, but still, this is somebody's reputation. Granted, that doesn't exactly trump some, um, someone's infidelity. It, it doesn't. But still, I'm just... I don't know. If you could put yourself in Kevin's shoes, though, but... If you were a guy, and... You're leading other people to believe something happened with your girlfriend. First of all, is your street cred so important and your pride so important that it trumps what you have with your significant other? Really? Think about it. You think that that is not going to get back to them? But that's pretty much it, guys. Um, I'm going to kind of close the book on this episode. I've ranted and raved enough. I mean, you guys, you have your own opinions, your own beliefs, and how you see things that went down in this episode. Maybe you share my opinion. Maybe you don't. Maybe the, hopefully the girls do a little bit. Um, but yeah, I'm not siding with Kevin at all in this episode. He was completely in the wrong. But the fact that he does try to rectify it a little bit. But I, the one thing I gotta say, I really like, and that is, well, let's just get on with the rating. Um, for this episode, gosh, I'm gonna kind of rate it a little. It was a good episode. <clears throat> um... But I'm gonna I'm gonna rate it a two, a three out of five. It's for me that's kind of uh, averageish, um, because I don't do half points or anything like two point five or whatever. I don't do that. Um, so the three things I like, I kind of like, you know, them making out was cute and her bringing up all these memories and Kevin getting blue balls, <laughs> um, and. I kind of like, you know, them studying together for like a split second and then they watch the movie. I thought that was cute. But I really... Mm. But for number three, I'm kind of... I really like Jack giving him that advice. I really, really do. Like, hey, 
he he listened. I'm sure he was probably very angry with this son. Like, how could you do that to her? She's such a sweet girl. You need to get your ass over there and apologize, like, yesterday. Um, the two things I, I did not like Kevin, like, going, like, hellbent crazy. Literally, purposely bashing into people on the, in the PE class or the, you know, playing the floor hockey. That pissed me off. And, of course, Kevin letting in the whole thing, you know, that started the episode or, um, culminated with him saying more happened than what actually happened. Him telling that rumor and everything. Because Winnie's face is utterly... She feels... Looks so devastated. Like, how could you do this to me? Wonderling words of wisdom. Um, I'm just gonna say this. When you're in a relationship... You're not just thinking about yourself. You're thinking for two people. Your actions represent... Not only yourself... But also the other person. Well, mainly they represent anything that has to do with the other person. Like, if you're talking about, like, oh, me and my girlfriend, we made out. We almost went this. Or she got angry because I did this. or Don't, don't, don't talk about that. I, I mean, can you imagine your significant other? Would you like them telling their friends, like, oh... About your dick size or something like that. Or, oh, he likes it when I do this to him or something like that. Or, I mean, I mean, come on. Just, just, guys, keep the relationship under wraps. You know, you really don't need to be divulging anything to other people about your relationship. Unless you have a question about something. And in that case, just... I, I don't know. I don't know. I I mean, when I had things going on, you know, I had questions and stuff about that or whatever, which I really didn't. I'd go to a trusted individual. But that being said, um, I thought this was a good episode. Um, let's talk about next week's episode, because we get a Wayne episode. I like this episode. I really, really like this episode. But before, uh, that's just the toilet running in the bathroom, uh, in the background. Um, before I get into next week's episode, I am gonna say that, remember Kevin Delivers when I was doing the Kevin Jobs segment? At the end of that episode, I remember him and Winnie, I mean, cause the whole time is he's trying to get on a date with Winnie. So my guess is, they must patch everything up at the end of the next episode, because they're back to good... But then again, but now that I think about it, um, last December when I was covering the Let Nothing You Dismay, the Christmas episode, um, Jeff brings up the whole thing about the rumor that Kevin started about, you know, him and Winnie and whatnot. So, um, but all right, next week, this is a Wayne episode. I like this. Um, season six, episode seven, Wayne and Bonnie, which aired on November 11th, 1992. With Winnie still upset at him, Kevin looks for ways to get back at her. Kevin! Have you learned nothing? Meanwhile, Wayne begins seeing Bonnie, a divorced mother whom he plans to move in with against his parents' wishes. Bonnie works at Norcom, same as Wayne. 
So he's moved on from Candy because, well, she's uh, she's married and she wants nothing to do with him. And um, I'm just thinking, I remember this episode, and I think it's not so much that it's against Jack's wishes, because Jack doesn't really have a huge issue with it. It's Norma that has the problem, which, think about it. Remember when Karen was, had moved in with Michael and Jack was so dead set against it? But even Norma was too. But now it's almost like the shoe's on the other foot, where now it's Wayne that wants to move in with this um, woman who, she's got a kid. She's a divorced mother. She has an uh, infant that's probably about less than maybe six months old. And this is a big step for Wayne. But now it's like Norma is not too happy. She's and she's basically like Wayne. I know that you see, you know, but I'm gonna get into that. I'm gonna get into that next week. It's nice that we're getting a little more from Wayne because now that he's like, he's still living at the house. He's still kind of a dick of a big brother. Not nearly as bad as he used to be. But now that Wayne's not in high school, it's like okay. Now with Karen gone, we have one more you know, less person that we gotta, you know, focus on. So now we're focusing on, I mean, it's primarily, yes, this is Kevin's show. This is from Kevin's POV. But, you know, now that season, it's the final season. But then again, I don't know when in season six that they found out that this is it. This, we're done with this. We can't go any further. Well, they could have, but due to allegations of, you know, behind the scenes of what the hell was going on force them to end the show at the end of season six. Um, but we get a little more from Jack and Norma's point of view or as far as storylines that deal with them. We get to see more about you know them and their personalities a little bit. Jack with the furniture store, whether this is something he's always wanted to do. Uh, Norma, she's currently going to community college so she'll be graduating soon and we get to see her Talk about, uh, I thought there was like a computer company or something. Some, a couple guys that are developing this new company that she wants to jump into. And, and Wayne, he's currently working at Norcom. So, you know, and what's going on with Wayne? You know, he's not in high school anymore. He's got his own, you know, Wayne is now what, 19 now? 18, 19? So it's like, Wayne is now an adult. So where do we go from here with him? Which I think it's great that the furniture store thing, or the furniture factory happened, because that gives him something to kind of have as his life plan. But, uh, yeah. So I'm looking forward to doing that. Wayne plays baby daddy to Bonnie's son. Which is pretty cool. But, um, yeah. Let's give a a hello, a shout out to some listeners for the week. Here we go. Seattle, Washington, Cincinnati, Ohio, Chicago, Illinois. I can turn this thing off because I'm not using it anymore. There we go. Now you don't got to hear that buzzing in the background. Okay. Atlanta, Georgia, Los Angeles, California, Mountain View, California, Dallas, Texas, El Cerrito, California, Oakland, California, Des Moines, Iowa, Anchorage, Alaska, Honolulu, Hawaii, New York, New York, Miami, Florida, San Jose, California, Newburyport, Massachusetts, Glasgow, 
United Kingdom, Denver, Colorado, Winnipeg, Canada, Hillsdale, Michigan, Grand Rapids, (laughs) Green Bay, Wisconsin, sorry guys, Salem, Oregon, Alameda, I'm sorry if I mispronounced, California, Cosenza, Italy, Carbondale, Pennsylvania, Boulder, Colorado, Them, T-H-I-M, P-H-U, and then it's B-H-U-T-A-N. Omaha, Nebraska, Germantown, North Carolina, Pakistan, San Francisco, California, Kolkata, India, Pune, India, Lethbridge, Canada, Castro Valley, California, Lima, Peru, Cleveland, Ohio, Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, Minneapolis, Montana, or Minnesota. God, my head's in my ass right now. I'm sorry. Latonia, Kentucky, Greensboro, North Carolina. Download the whole message here. Republic of Korea, S-U-W-O-N. Oakville, Canada, Freeport, New York, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, Gordon, Australia, Brampton, Canada, Livingston, Texas, Texas, Thunder Bay, Canada, and Mount Holly, New Jersey. All right, guys, have a great, great uh, Thursday. (laughs) I guess we got more, one more week, one more day of work. Well, if you count today, if you haven't started your shift, which I haven't, and of course tomorrow, which who knows, maybe I'll get lucky and have it off. That'd be nice. <laughs> oh, boy. Um, oh, I did want to talk about one thing. I know it really can't even compare to um, Kevin doing what he did. But, well, I have this hat. Or had. I've had it for almost eight years. And the day before yesterday, it's one of those ear flap hats. It was kind of cooler. I'm like, oh, I'll wear this hat. I usually wear it in the fall once it starts to turn a little colder, and I guess I jumped the gun, but, um, I think I accidentally threw it away when I was putting, like, all these, um, empty sheets of foam, like, I put them in a plastic bag, um, cardboard thing, and then I throw all the sheets of empty foam away, and, uh, uh, throwing some others, and I was pulling the other things out. Like, oh, I don't want to forget that. But then, of course, my hat got buried under more of those sh- empty sheets of foam. So today or yesterday, I'm like, oh, where's my hat? Where's my hat? And I'm gonna, I, I check in my car. I'm like, oh my god, it's nothing. And I'm literally having like almost a meltdown, panic attack. Like I'm like, <laughs> my heart is like racing, and it's like. I'm looking through the house with the time that I have left before I have to leave, and I'm not finding it. I'm like, okay, maybe maybe it's just at work. Maybe I just left it somewhere. I, I checked my car. It wasn't in there. I asked my coworker, I'm like, do you remember seeing me with my hat on yesterday? He's like, well, he's seen me in that hat for the last few years. So it's like he's so used to me seeing me wearing it that he's like, well, no, I'm, I'm 90% sure maybe you were wearing it. And I just, I think it's gone, guys. I, 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 it sucks because I've had that hat for, I mean, I got it when I first started at Goodwill that December and it'd been with me the whole time. I wore it every year and (laughs) 
it's in the back of my mind. Like, no, no, it had a hole in, in the top of it. You know, you could just get another one. But it's not the point. It's the point. It's like I've had that hat for so many years. And it's almost like it was a part of me. And I know it's stupid. You probably think it's stupid that I'm crying about a hat. But I liked it. It was comfortable. It, it, like I said, I've had that hat for so long. It's like it's a, it's a part of me. It's almost like you know, part of my identity, I guess. I don't know. I just... I guess so. I mean, and it's not like it was a used hat, you know. Goodwill would get shipments of like winter wear and stuff, and I wore it and everything. So I'm hoping that maybe they'll get another batch in. Because for a while, when I worked there, they hadn't been getting any in after that. And I'm like, good thing I have this hat. And the hat, it's just, it's so, it was so warm and everything. And it kept my head warm, I my ears warm, and. Alright guys, I guess I'll stop talking about my hat. Um, have a great weekend and I'll um, see you next week with the new Wonder Years episode. Bye bye.